Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. In the program this week, as the search for victims continues and the long recovery from Tuesday's disastrous earthquake in Christchurch begins, there have been suggestions that stricken cities' Rugby World Cup matches could be transferred to Australia. We'll hear from Rugby World Cup 2011's Chief Executive Martin Sneddon, who says that's not the case. We'll also look at the second round of Super Rugby and hear from the Olympic 1500 metres silver medalist Nick Willis. He's hoping his belated medal presentation will boost efforts to raise money for Christchurch earthquake relief funds. We'll also talk to a Cantabrian, the veteran Black Sticks defender Hayden Shaw, who's quit international hockey. To Christchurch and the World Cup first, though. New Zealand's second city is scheduled to host seven matches, including two quarterfinals in September and October. With Australia's coach Robbie Deans coming from Christchurch, it was no surprise the Wallabies chose the Garden City as their base. But it will be a surprise if they can stay there, with hotels and motels destroyed or badly damaged, and a huge slow job ahead removing rubble, demolishing buildings, repairing roads and restoring water, sewage and electricity. The Crusaders will have to play their first two Super Rugby home games away from Christchurch after confirmation that AMI Stadium will be closed for at least three weeks. The hunt's now on to find alternative venues for the matches against the New South Wales Waratahs and the ACT Brumbies, with the Crusaders' other remaining Christchurch games in doubt too. The chief executive of the stadium managers, V-Base, says there's repairable structural damage, but fixtures and fittings have been badly affected and liquefactions affecting the playing surface. Brian Pearson says there's also substantial damage to surrounding streets and infrastructure, so other options are being considered. The Crusaders' chief executive, Hamish Reak, says they're trying to keep the matches within the franchise region and working through options with the NZRU and Sansa. Likely choices for the matches on the 4th and 11th of March include Trafalgar and Lansdowne Parks in Nelson and Blenheim. Martin Sneddon told Stephen Hewson that World Cup organisers will assess the infrastructure, including AMI Stadium, accommodation, training facilities and the transport network, and hope a clearer picture will emerge over the next few days. undermine either the morale of people in Christchurch or the efforts uh, to recover um, injured and deceased people that's going on at the moment. So that's that's the number one priority. What will happen over the next few days is that we will start to get information gradually coming through from Christchurch about key infrastructure such as the stadium, hotels, um, the transport network and whatnot. And over a period of time, and I don't know what that time frame is, um, we'll work through an assessment of how badly uh, affected those things are and how overall that sits within um, what we need to do in Christchurch for rugby will come. You've made the statement that there's no danger that the tournament will be moved from New Zealand. Where did these reports or suggestions come from? Um, We just picked up uh, a number of website comments happening offshore which we decided that uh, a very clear statement early on. I don't have any doubt whatsoever that regardless of the outcome of what happens from the earthquake, 
we're going to be able to deliver uh, Rugby World Cup in New Zealand, the whole of it in New Zealand, on time and to a world-class standard. But it's just a matter of now waiting and gradually uh, assessing what has happened in Christchurch and, and in respect of Christchurch's slice of Rugby World Cup, what that means for that city and those people. What is Plan B? Uh, we'll work on that um, once we get more information through from um, from Christchurch, but it's not something that we would get into any public discussion about whatsoever at this stage. Presumably, though, you've got a plan B, given there was the, the quake last year. There's absolutely no way I'm getting into any public discussion at this stage about anything other than just awaiting and, and uh, supporting what's happening in Christchurch at the moment. What have you heard about the state of AMI Stadium? We have next to no information at all at the moment about the state of the stadium. We are just not putting any pressure whatsoever on, on um, key people down there, such as Brian Pearson, the CEO of VBase. We know that Brian himself, when he is able to do so, will make those sort of uh, judgments and pass through information to us. But in the meantime, we're just going to wait until he's in a position and ready to do that. That's Martin Sneddon talking to Stephen Hewson, and this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport, and I'm Murray Williams. Meanwhile, Sanzars responded to the Crusaders' decision not to go to Wellington this weekend to play the Hurricanes by declaring the match a draw with each team receiving two points. Among those confirmed dead in the earthquake is a Crusaders board member, Phil McDonald, and Chief Executive Hamish Reacts says everyone involved in the franchise wants to stay home to support their families and their community. There's another local derby, though, with the Highlanders hosting the Chiefs in Dunedin. The Highlanders started the competition by upsetting the Hurricanes in Wellington while the Chiefs lost to the ACT Brumbies in Canberra. Chiefs coach Ian Foster's made eight changes, two as a result of injuries to Locke Craig Clark and number 8 Fritz Lee. But Foster's assistant, Scott McLeod, told Barry Guy they were planned last week and reflect the depth of the squad rather than a reaction to the loss. We'd been just looking and planning um, around this for for quite a while now and um, we just had to have a little bit of a gauge on how the boys got through their travel and uh, managing bodies and, and things like that and also tactically the way we want to be able to play so like I say with just the depth um, enables us to be able to do that so no, definitely not reactionary. How do you react though to that skills and those sorts of things to that first up performance it, it, it wasn't ideal was it? No, no, not ideal at all. Um, we lack a little bit of discipline around the way we wanted to play the game and some of our execution in terms of our roles and our skill just wasn't up to our standard that we expect. And the players have talked about that themselves and we've had a reasonably honest session you know, when we got back and the guys that were left behind sort of give, gave us some feedback as well. So there has been um, a marked improvement in execution of trainings and and sharpness to the way we've trained, so you should definitely see a better performance from the Chiefs this week. And the way the Highlanders beat the Hurricanes, I mean, their game plan was was pretty simple, but they managed to execute it okay. You'd expect something similar this week? Most definitely. Jamie and Nibs have got the boys picked off about something, and they were just firing into their work, full cylinders, so... Uh, we'll be expecting much the same, if not more, from those guys this week down at home for their first game. Uh, I spoke to Jimmy Cowan after that match, and he, he was going on about how Jamie had talked about bash and bash and bash and sort of thing. So a, a physical confrontation is what you'd expect? We're planned for that in defence and also in attack. 
when we're attacking them, they're very confrontational and physical. So our game plan is reasonably similar for our defence and our attack. So we've just got to make sure we've nailed that off and we're able to execute that this week. The Highlanders didn't tend to give up many gaps out wide or anything where you know the Hurricanes were expected to make progress, but they weren't able to do that. Do you see that as still an area, something out wide? Because traditionally the Chiefs have managed to run the ball well. Yeah, I think you've found that in all the games, Barry. Um, on the first weekend, a lot of teams weren't able to get to the space and take advantage of the space that they're hoping to manipulate. Um, and I guess it's just playing. It's, it's gone up a level, definitely, from pre-season games. So players just being able to see that space and then get the ball in there effectively. It'll get better as the weeks go on for all the teams, I'm sure. And getting over the advantage line as well, I mean, that was difficult uh, on a number of occasions for all the teams. I don't know whether that was the officiating around the tackle ball area, but getting over the advantage line was difficult. Yeah, it was. We found, especially the Brummies, weren't committing too many to the rucks in those earlier phases, which gave them a lot more numbers in their line, and then they were able to come off their line and, and get stuck into us, so... Again, just for us, that's going to be able to read those situations out on the park and be able to change tactics and plans if need be. And you've got uh, a change in the halves. Of course, Mike's uh, back as well. Um, you, just what, what he offers. I mean, he's had an injury recently, though, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a, a nice big uh, gash above his right eye, 10 stitches. Um, it has affected his life after rugby for the modelling career he was hoping to have. But no, it's all healed up really nicely now. And um, yeah, he brings obviously a different skill set to Stephen, so we're looking to enhance that for our team. We've been just looking and planning um, around this for, for quite a while now. And In one of the changes, Mike Delaney comes in for another All Black, Stephen Donald, at first five, after an injury disrupted 2010 in which he had shoulder surgery. Missing half the season uh, last year with the Chiefs was, was disappointing. Um, especially after you know, a few starts and, and things were sort of looking all right for me. So that was pretty tough, but getting back into things with the base season was all right and, and just excited now for the chief season and, uh, and just stoked to be out there and hopefully have a good performance out there this weekend. You feel you've got to make a bit of an impression this uh, Super Rugby season? I'm just hoping to play well for the Chiefs and, and we get a few wins and, and get a bit of a roll on. So you know, definitely I want to perform well at this level and um, you know, hopefully... We as a team can put through some um, pretty pretty good complete performances on. Because the year before, of course, you know, all blacks and that sort of thing, they they were trying a number of younger guys last year. How did how did you feel sitting out and watching that? Um, no, I think it was good for the franchise. You know, there's a lot of guys that are um, coming through and, and and getting a bit of a taste of the action. So it was good good for us. We had a lot of guys out and and um, a lot of younger guys stood up and and you know played pretty well. You know, that's put us in, in good hands this year and hopefully, um, touch wood, you know, we, we're all injury-free and can really um, start gelling together and getting some good combinations going. Still aspirations for the black jersey this year? Definitely, you know, it's something that I thoroughly enjoyed my time in there and, and love to be a part of it again. So I suppose just got to make sure that I'm, I'm doing the work out here for the Chiefs and, and playing consistent and playing well and, and, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, I suppose if... The All Blacks shows you one thing, it's that you've got to be playing top of your game all the time. Gaining that consistency is is key uh, when the opportunities arise this year? Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, I've just got to make sure that I can keep playing 10 for the Chiefs and, and, and you know, get games week in, week out and, and just, you know, get time, time in the park and, 
and hopefully just get into the swing of things and, and improve my game. So 10's your spot? Yeah, yeah, I love playing 10. I um, enjoy running the shift and you know, definitely at home there. So you sat out last week. You know, your thoughts on uh, the Chiefs' performance? A bit frustrated, were you? I mean, you're definitely frustrated and, and I, the whole squad feels it when um, things don't go away. Um, I think there's just a few minor glitches that's created quite a bit of havoc for us that we've looked at and, and we, we've improved on this week at training and things have been pretty positive. So um, we're onwards and upwards this week and um, hopefully we can fix those um, errors that we we had in that game and, and just excited really just to, to play well this weekend. What, just being a bit more accurate? Definitely, um, just our accuracy wasn't there, and, and drop balls and, and little things like that. That you know we pride ourselves on here. So we've been training pretty hard this week at, at making sure our basics are right and our skill and accuracy is up there. So hopefully that shows this weekend. And the Highlanders, uh, that uh, loose trio, well, all of them really defended pretty well against the Hurricanes. You expect nothing different this week? No, they've got a great loose trio there, and and a forward pack that just loves getting their hands on the ball and. And, and brings a lot of uh, physicality, so we've got to meet that and, and, and bring some physicality and really uh, look at disrupting their um, main ball carriers there and, and, and watch out for their turnovers. Do you think there'll be so much ball in hand, just trying to hold on to the ball, a bit more kicking perhaps? You know, Will you be looking to gain territory more perhaps? Um, well, it's just a matter of, you know, if, if, if there's space there, we'll look to, to kick there, but there's also... Um, space in other areas that we can uh, look to attack but you know we're definitely not going to just hold back and start kicking the ball away and um, you know we back our skill set and hopefully we can just get that good balance between um, kicking and, and using the ball in hand. I know you sat out the first round but I mean what do, what do you think of the Super Rugby competition? Is it going to take a few rounds to settle down? You know what, what sort of game are we going to get? Um, no I don't know I think you know with the boys being around for a while now and, and no, no uh, excuse there for having sloppy games early on or, or whatever. So I think every team out there is now just a good time of year to be playing footy and everyone just sort of wants, wants to get out there and use the ball. So hopefully um, that shows in these early rounds. That's Mike Delaney talking to Barry Guy and this is Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Murray Williams. Athletics now and the Olympic 1500 metres silver medalist Nick Willis hopes his belated medal presentation on Saturday night will boost efforts to raise money for the Christchurch Earthquake Relief Funds. Willis finished third in Beijing, but his bronze medal became silver when the winner was stripped of his title for failing a dope test. He was to receive his medal despite this weekend's international track meeting in Christchurch being cancelled, but now a hurriedly arranged track meet's being held in Wellington, and Willis told Joe Porter it's a good way to be reminded of such a special time while also helping to raise some much-needed money. Now I get to share it with not only um, my close family and friends here, but the Greater Wellington and some New Zealand community as well. So I think it's a it's a very important thing to have completed and having justice served. But um, and this is just a, a challenging and difficult time to do it. But I feel it was the a right time and place to get it done and to um, use it as an opportunity to help raise the much needed support for Christchurch. And this will bring a few more people into the stands. Like you say, it's sort of been a week where things like silver medals and whatnot get put into perspective, but it can provide a, a small light at what at the end of what has been a rather bad week. Yeah, it's it's a great time of grieving and mourning, but there's times where you need to come together as a community and reflect on, on what a great nation we are, and I'm a product of so many people helping me along the way, and hopefully we can come together and help many of those struggling along the way. And the best way that we as Wellingtonians or people from outside of Canterbury can do that is by providing hard cash rather than going down and cluttering up the situation even more. So 
this is the way that my training partners and I decided to respond is to run with all of our hearts and mind and strength and provide some entertainment for people that have been watching some pretty grim things on the TV and hearing it on the radio. So hopefully we'll get a, a big crowd there and we'll be able to raise a lot of money through the donation buckets and FPOS machines that the Salvation Army are going to have down at the track on Saturday night at Newtown Park. Obviously you feel pretty strongly about this. When did the idea start getting swapped around about uh, doing this on Saturday? Well, we were driving into the city um, to do a track workout as we heard the events unfold on the radio. It might have been only half an hour afterwards. So uh, it was slowly sinking in during the workout and then people started talking more and more at the track. All of the high school kids were down there and then my group and I initially were, we didn't know the severity of it at the time obviously because it, it was, you're sort of in a bit of shock and you're like wondering, we were supposed to be flying to Christchurch the next day, so what are our plans going to be? Should we skip this workout altogether? But we decided, well maybe the best way is for us just to keep sticking with this plan and then provide an alternative meeting for the athletes who have come up from overseas and from around the country who can reroute their flights to Wellington and provide something here um, in our hometown and yeah, just provide some relief from all of the stress that's going on. And then many others in the in the athletic community who are much more dedicated and committed to the um, the administrative side of things than I am, they came up with the same idea at the same time. So great minds think alike, and I was just um, happy to be maybe the, the face to help get the media rolling with it as well. So what exactly is happening on Saturday? How is the event going to go down? So at 5 p.m. we're going to kick off with a medal presentation and the NZOC are going to run those proceedings to 20 minutes and the formalities. So that that's going to be a, a really unique and great opportunity for New Zealand to reflect on yeah just our great heritage in, in the sport on an international level. And then the first race is going to be at 5.30, the 800 metres, who's featuring um, America's fastest ever miler, Alan Webb. He's here training with me and he's run a 3.46 mile, which is just absolutely incredible. I remember the four-minute days, he's gone 14 seconds under that. And then the meet will conclude at 6.30 with the men's mile, where I'll be racing against two Americans, a British, and three of New Zealand's best milers. So we hope to get a handful of guys under four minutes there. And in between, there'll be some different sprints and field events as well taking place. So it's a short and sweet program, an hour and a half long. Um, but we really think people um, get greatly entertained, and we really hope they come with their... Their wallets bulging, but they leave with them empty. And how's how is the donations going to be uh, run? How's the collection of donations going to be run? Is it a gold coin at the the the, the gates, or are we collecting uh, donations around the ground? It's going to be free entry, and we're going to have um, about thirty volunteers from the Salvation Army there with buckets and with their mobile FPOS machines, and um, people have the opportunity both as they enter the ground and throughout the meet to um, to attend those kiosks and um, yeah pay with their heart or with whatever their means they have and um, we'll also have some autograph stands set up and some food stalls where there'll be opportunities as well to um, not just give for nothing but to, to people who have donated some of those skills or, um, or food items will be able to um, give back that way also. And do you have any goals in terms of the amount of money you hope to raise? Oh, well, we hope between 1,000 or 3,000 people, who knows, maybe even 5,000 people might turn up and I, I would guess that Per head, it would get between five and ten dollars. So, if we could get over five or ten thousand dollars, that'd be incredible. But 
at such late notice. We've only had three days to plan this thing. You just have no idea how it might snowball. Hopefully it goes viral on the internet and everyone in Wellington says, hey, this is something worth getting behind. So, But either way, we'll be out on the track pouring our heart out there and um, hopefully it turns out to be a great success. And But most importantly, that we can, through the Salvation Army, send some important checks down to those in, who are in the most dire of needs. And, and what has been a, a dark week, it will be a special moment for you on Saturday to receive that silver medal and, uh, you know, for the first time and be able to bite down on it and see that it is real and have it in your hands. Uh, obviously, getting that medal, the silver one, looking forward to 2012 London, does it sort of also inspire a little bit inside you to go and grab that other one that's a slightly different colour as well? Oh, most definitely, especially after um, some of the, the tougher seasons I've had these past two years with surgeries. It will remind me that there was a time when I was... Um, Right up there as the, one of the best in the world, and I, I need to re-earn that um, that right to to claim that title. And um, there's only one place to go to to improve upon that. So I am going to be working with all my heart um, towards that London race, and hopefully put myself in a position to have a chance to get on the top of the dais. The great John Walker, the great Peter Snell, the great Jack Lovelock have done it before. So if those guys from uh, Little Land Band down and New Zealand can do it, then um, I've got to believe there's a chance I can do it as well. So that's what I'm working towards. That's Nick Willis talking to Joe Porter. Hockey now on the Black Sticks defender and drag flick expert Hayden Shaw's played his last test for New Zealand. Shaw ended his career by scoring the series-winning equaliser for the Black Sticks in their three-all draw with South Korea at Mount Maunganui. The 177-test veteran says not being a professional means he has to think about work and spending more time with his family. Not many of the boys knew. I tried to uh, just say the preparation wasn't uh, hindered in any way. It was just two guys who have played a lot of hockey with in this team in terms of Leah Hopping and Shane McAleese, and I let them know, but no one else. So um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I've lost count of how many uh, tests you've played. It must be well over 100. Yeah, 177. So what's bordered on? Is it just, a, you're, um, you're just the just, body catching up with you, or...? Oh, no, not the body at all. In fact, I'm feeling pretty good. It's a lot to do with, uh, it's all, all about wants, mate, and, uh, and priorities. I mean, I've got a uh, seven-month-old son now, and the fact is we're not professional hockey players, so we have to work. So in terms of for me to train at my uh, at the level I need to to be at uh, world-class standard, I have to work and then go to training, therefore not get home till 7, 6, uh, 7.30 each night, and then Ollie's already in bed with my son, and and then do the same the next day, and then go away on tours. Yeah, it just ended up being too too tough, and my want was to actually be at home rather than to be at the training pitch, so that's as, probably as, as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, well, when they get to that age, they, they know when you're home and when you're not too, so you'd best yeah, to be for home. Sure. For sure. When you look back on on your career, it's a, it's a long one, and you've uh, you've got the reputation of for your, your drag flick skills and so forth. What, what are the highlights? The highlights for me were uh, is definitely the Athens Olympics. 2002, I came into the team and the team was ranked 16th in the world. And to then get through to uh, in Athens and we came 6th in the world, I mean, that's definitely a highlight. And I mean, my first Olympics as well as um, an Olympics in Greece. And this series, uh, you've had a bit of a mix and match team with some of the senior players out. What have you seen of the younger guys and how they've handled themselves against the Koreans? Because they're a step above you and one, one rung on the ladder above you. Yeah, they've improved. Um, our boys have uh, improved a lot and played more as a team over the last three or four games. So I think it's, it's a great uh, movement forward. We've um, created a lot of depth. We've got uh, five or six guys to come back into the team. So I, I think that's very promising. 
That's Hayden Shaw, and that's the show for this week. Feedback's welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, and we'll be back with our next web-only extra time show next week. I'm Murray Williams. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.